Chargers defensive coordinator Ronaldo Hill spoke with the media after OTAs and talked about how some of the new additions to the Chargers defense are going to fit in and what to expect from young players like Asante Samuel Jr. and JT Woods. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons now. We're heading into our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen today. And as always, to make sure you never miss the show, subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But on today's show, we are going to be talking about Ronaldo Hill, the Chargers defensive coordinator in a much looser press conference, I would say, than last year. And it helps. And you can be a little looser when you get guys like Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson in the offseason. So we'll talk about what he thinks about the Chargers new defensive stars added into the system and also what to expect from new guys in the system like J.T. Woods and how Asante Samuel Jr. kind of fits into the mix now that they have guys like J.C. Jackson and Bryce Callahan, and much more. But we also got to hear from Kyle Van Noy and Donald Parham as well. Got to tell you guys, not and many players I'm rooting for more than Donald Parham after that scary injury. He's 100% and ready to go, so we'll talk about that. And also talk about what Kyle Van Noy has thought about his you know process so far with the Chargers and what he specifically loves about his new head coach, Brandon Staley. But today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Chargers listeners get $50 off of purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings. Use code LOCKEDON at checkout. All right, David. Well, Ronaldo Hill seemed a lot different, I think, this year at the microphone. And we were talking about before last year, we know when he had his opening press conference and stuff like that, he almost looked like a little bit of a deer in headlights. And he got a major bump up, right? Now he's a defensive coordinator under a young, hotshot, rocket ship head coach and Brandon Staley, you know, holding on by the seat of his pants. And this year he seemed a lot looser. And maybe that's because he is, you know, his kid is now eight months old and can sleep through the night because it did seem like that was a huge help. So congratulations on that, Coach Ronaldo Hill. But one of the first things, of course, that was asked of him, you know, is just what do you think about these new additions? I mean, you, know, you get all the guys that the Chargers did, and this is what he said. We knew going into this offseason that we'd kind of be attacking the defensive side of the ball. We wanted to change some of the personnel to fit the scheme. The guys that we targeted, we got those guys. We got some guys up front that know how to play in our scheme. We have the build and the size. We're really happy with the guys that we got there. So there's a couple things there, David, I think we can kind of pick on. Specifically just size, you know, at that position, getting guys that fit in. And getting the guys that they wanted. I mean, I think if you were to print out, you know, a borderline perfect shopping list for the Chargers defensively during this offseason, not even knowing that Khalil Mack was available. I mean, I think they checked off a lot of those boxes, but it does seem like he's just saying what all of us were thinking is like, hey, the Chargers didn't have the guys, right? This is in some cases, you know, condemning what they had last year and basically saying those guys didn't fit. We went and got the size that we needed. We went and got the players who can fit and play this defense at the level we want to play it. 
Well, first of all, congratulations to Ronaldo Hill. And uh, I know that he is definitely in a much better place now that he's not dealing with a pregnant wife and he actually has the baby who's now down to a sleeping pattern. So, I mean, those first couple of months, it, it's really, really rough, <laughs> man. So I know how it feels like uh, to get there to where you're actually going back to sleep for seven to eight hours a night again. So that definitely feels nice. But the Chargers definitely had a game plan as far as how they were going to attack their defense this offseason. And they added pieces to every single level of their defense that pretty much had players that had experience in the system that they're trying to orchestrate. Last year, I think it was pretty clear that they wanted to make sure that the offense was right and the offensive line was right for Justin Herbert. And they were kind of having to tell Brandon Staley, like, hey, you're, you're just going to have to make do with what we have in place. And this offseason, it said, OK, thank you for actually bearing with us and, and you know, actually doing that. Now we're going to go out there and and do exactly what you need us to do and add all the pieces that you need to be able to, to do this and be able to go display your defense and show your defense in the way that you wanted it to. And you, I don't think the Chargers really got to do that. And Brandon Staley didn't get to do that very much last year. I think he's in much better position this year with the pieces that are now in-house to be able to play the type of defense that he really wants to play. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we knew going into his first season, Brandon Staley had one big thing on his mind, and it was protect the golden child you know justin herbert which it should have been because i yes. mean he's one of the most valuable commodities in all of the nfl right yeah can't he hate the strategy us, he told us before yeah. the offseason really even started he said hey i see this being a lot like we did last year on offense where we poured a bunch of resources and do i see us doing the same thing this year on defense tom telesco poo-pooed it and here we are you know with the major <laughs> drastic changes that the Chargers made on the defensive side of the ball and it's like yeah we're getting to a point now it's like okay we'll just listen to Brandon Staley and like take whatever <laughs> he says completely literally yes those things like he's he's manifesting it he's speaking it into existence and I mean that's how it's played out so far but yeah Tom Telesco is trying to like you know ma make it <laughs> make it seem like oh we're not gonna do anything and Brandon Staley is like hey this is exactly what we're gonna do just go ahead and wait for it and then totally. what happens exactly Tom Telesco losing leverage left and right just because it's like <laughs> Okay, cool. My head coach is going to say exactly what the plan is. That's that's, that's great to see from Ty Lib Tom's, you know, head coach. Yes. But I, I think the thing with that, too, is just like it goes back to even his first season, right? We mm. Brandon Staley, we have a huge hole left tackle. Tom yeah. Tuesco, Trey Pipkins has left tackle. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's been happening all along. But Ronaldo Hill was also asked about just having depth in the secondary and, like, creating competition on the defense because – there wasn't enough of it, frankly, last year. And you couldn't really have the cream rise to the top because you just didn't really have enough players to realistically push the guys in front of them and, and yeah. you know, make you feel like, hey, I got to do this for my job, right? So yeah. this is what he had to say about that. Having a guy like J.C. Jackson come in definitely helps with all that with the secondary. I think the biggest thing is, I mentioned it last year, is making the room competitive. It makes these guys really come out here and perform and know that we do have options. I think that's the way the game should be. There shouldn't be any lax mindset within any room. That was the part to, of this that really stood out to me the most, David. You know what that says to me, Daniel? That says, don't get comfortable this year. Don't think that your job is safe. Don't think that you're going to yeah. come in here and you're just going to be able to rest on your laurels and what you've done in the past because that's not the case. we got guys in the building. We have plenty of guys that we trust that can go out there and execute what we want because now – there's a clear number one corner in the room. It's J.C. Jackson. Everyone knows it. He's the top dog. So what does that mean? That means there are less room for other cornerbacks in that room immediately. 
So now you're going to have yeah. to fight it out and you're all really going to have to bring your a game and you're going to have to prove that you deserve to be in this room. A hundred percent. And that's how it should be. And we were kind of joking about it before the show, you know, just like he couldn't have come out and said that last year. Like, no. it, it, you know, he couldn't be like, Hey, these guys are getting pushed because then you don't have guys like Jerry Tillery and Justin Jones, you know, sitting out preseason games because those spots are locked up. Yeah. Couldn't be more of a 180 than what we're hearing at least so far this year. Right. Because it's like, Hey, you might be a starter for us last year, but like we have other starting caliber players that could take that spot. And if not, you're going to have a starting caliber player that's coming off the bench. And I just think that's going to push some of these dudes. I mean, it's probably going to push some good players off of this roster, which is a great problem to have, you know, as long as you're getting the right guys and you can construct the roster the way you see fit. But like that, that's a good time for this football team, David, a hundred percent. Like having that competition, it's the confidence, man. man, the confidence that it gives the coaching staff that you have those type of guys. Now on the defense, you got guys that have done it at a, such a high level in the NFL. You got JC Jackson who has 17 interceptions in the last two seasons. You got a former defensive player of the year and Khalil Mack on your defense. You look up and down your defense and you're Ronaldo Hill now. And you're like, yeah, that's the type of defense that I was looking at trying to control and orchestrate. Now I got the dudes at every level to be able to do exactly what I want. And he definitely, frankly, just couldn't say that last year. So I just think that brings a certain level of swagger, a certain level of confidence from the coach. Absolutely. And I mean, it puts some guys jobs, you know, up in there. And, oh, and yeah. it also makes you wonder, you know, how are some of these other guys going to fit in? Because maybe what they played last year wasn't the best position for them, but they didn't have a choice last year. And I think Asante Samuel Jr. might be a guy that would come up in that conversation, especially with Chris Harris Jr. in the slot. So we'll get into what Ronaldo Hill had to say about that and what he expects from first-year player JT Woods and second-year player Chris Rump, who's been hitting the weight room. But a lot of these moves, David, obviously, it felt more genuine from Ronaldo Hill. It's not just lip service. They actually do have those dudes, and he's talking the talk they still have to go out there and walk the walk. It's very sparkly, right? And it looks nice on paper. You still have to go do it. But if you're trying to make your moment sparkle, you go to BlueNile.com and see all the jewelry that they have available because you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece all at the prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Whether you're ready to pop the question or celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Build the engagement ring of her dreams or celebrate life's special moments with fine jewelry. And no matter what you're looking for, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Chargers listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. You're saving money on that special moment. And this podcast exclusive includes engagement rings. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON. It's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps. One word in every order is insured and ships free and arrives in a discreet package so you won't blow the whole charade that you got going on. They'll keep the moment special. Keep it secret. So make sure you guys go check out BlueNile.com today. All right, David, we talked a little bit about what Ronaldo Hill had to say just about the defense in general and how far it's come, frankly, from what we saw last year just from a roster standpoint. And we all agree and, you know, have been saying kind of the same thing. And that's why there's a certain level of excitement that's building, right? But one of the things that happens when you add a bunch of talent is things start to get shuffled, right? And things have to change. And guys get moved around. And one of those guys could be Asante Samuel Jr. And he was asked if he will play in the slot. 
And he said that about him and Bryce Callahan, basically, we know that Bryce can do it. We know that Asante can do it. I think that this process is about cross-training those guys and making sure that those injuries, if they do present themselves, we have different combinations that we can work with. Whether that's Asante inside and Michael Davis and JC Jackson outside, keep in mind this is the one he mentioned first, right? Which I think is how things are right now before training camp and all those things start. Michael Davis and JC Jackson outside, Asante Samuel Jr. on the inside, Right. Or bringing in Bryce Callahan on the inside and putting Asante outside. Another very realistic scenario. Obviously, this is me, not Ronaldo Hill talking. But he said, depending on who we play, all those guys could be on the field all at once, even. And he said, I think it would be smart of us as coaches to make sure that we're doing it within our scheme so we don't have things popping out out of the ground. And I think this is speaking to two things, David. Oh, yeah. First of all, Asante Samuel Jr.'s skill set fits really nicely in the slot, right? Great yeah. short area quickness. Yeah. A tough, feisty kind of player that can do all those things and match yeah, up with twitchy. those really shifty yeah. receivers that are yeah. going to line up against him. Like yeah. Michael Davis doesn't have those skill sets. That's something he struggles with, right? Is, yeah. is having those quicker guys with right. being so tall and long, like it's hard to get the body going that direction right. that quickly. Right. Another thing is, David, is trying to avoid at all costs some of the situations we saw last year when some of the guys in the secondary did go down the atrocity that ended up going out there, right? Because Brand Staley wasn't making any excuses, but the one thing he picked on over and over and over again was just like, we had so many different combinations in the secondary. We just never really got to get it started and like really even figure out how good the main group we had was. And it seems like they're one step closer to avoiding that in 2022. Honestly, Daniel, the first thing that came to my mind when I heard him say those words was, I want to make sure that I keep Tavon Campbell and Kimon Hall off of my field <laughs> as much as I possibly can. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, honestly, Tavon Campbell played a pretty dang good football uh, because they asked him to play a lot more than he probably during should stretches have. too. Yeah. But that's the thing yeah. is like when anyone's out there for that extended, like that was just more time than he ever should have been out there, right? Exactly. It's like especially as a young player, if we only saw the little bit and him stripping Tyree Hill and stuff, we would have probably yeah. thought he was, you know, cornerback three going into this year. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, I think just the, the extra versatility of, of knowing that these guys can do multiple different things. And Hey, I mean, this defense has always been about the matchups. They want to get the defenders on the field to go up against the, the different offensive weapons that they're going up, up against. I mean, you might see different combinations because different players are going to be able to play different techniques against different offensive players. So, I think that's a large contingent of it, but it's really just cross training as many of these starting four to five corners that they have here to be able to handle as many different responsibilities as possible if and when people eventually go down with an injury. Yeah, and the other part of it is, too, is like you can also have Derwin James play in the slot, right? I mean, you can have Nazir Adderley potentially play in the slot. They did say, though, that JT Woods is a guy that as of right now, as a young player, they're going to keep on the back half of the defense. They're going to keep and I like them at that. the deep. Yeah, and I think that I agree with that philosophy too. And I think that's what they should do because I think that's somewhere he could potentially play this season, right? Yeah. And make an impact for you this year, which is not easy to do as a guy who's a third round pick. But when he was asked about JT Woods and providing flexibility for Derwin James, he said, it definitely does. Midway through last season, we were able to move Nas and Derwin, but now you have a guy who's a real ball hawk that has shown that he can get it in the college game. I want to say that he had like seven or eight interceptions this past year. But it's been showing all over his tape that he gets the ball. When he gets the ball, he turns into a media offense. It's hard to turn your eyes away when you see a prospect there sitting in the third round for you. Once again, it allows us to get Derwin closer to the ball or bring Nas down, knowing that you have a guy that can steal some balls in the back end. Dave, that's what we've been saying, right? I yes. mean, that's the thing. You have a, a Swiss Army and like Derwin Eureka. James. <laughs> you don't really have 
a Swiss Army knife and a guy like German James, unless you have a guy that's not, you know, Trey Marshall or somebody, an unproven fourth, fifth string player back there that's filling in for him when he does get closer to the line. Yeah, well, you just want to have some sense of security that if you are going to move Derwin James out of the backfield, that you have a guy that's going to be able to have the speed and the range to be able to patrol the deep part of the field. And I think one thing that we consistently saw from JT Woods is that he very much can do that. He has the speed. He has the instincts. He has the balls, clearly has the ball skills. Um, yeah. And he does it in the big moments, too. He takes the football away and he wins football games for his for his team. And we saw that all over his tape. Uh, in college and so if he brings that to the NFL I think that does allow them to move Derwin James around because that's the best way to get the most out of Derwin James because he does so much so well you want to move him everywhere and really get him where you think the football is going to go because that's where Derwin James is going to make his impact and that's where he should be right and that's yes. what the whole star position and money position is about that's why it's not called you know nickel and dime is it's like that's a player that we're trying to have around the ball on this yeah. play at that time, you know. But the other thing is he just covers a ton of ground. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, Nazir Adder has been a step late here, a step late there. It's a lot easier to get there when you're running, you know, sub 4-4, four, four, when you're running yeah. four three forty and all those things. But having both of those guys back there, right, I think is going to potentially be a really deadly combination for the Chargers if he's able to get up to speed quickly enough. Yeah. Because he is definitely – a ball hog, but I don't know if you want to trust him as your last line of defense tackling until that part of it gets kind of figured out and he bolts up agree. a little bit and, you know, gets that technique refined. But one of the other guys that was a guy that I'm glad he talked about during this press conference was Chris Rump, because he's yeah. the guy that's kind of left out of the mix right now. When you bring in someone like Calvin Noy and Khalil Mack, right? Like at one point, a chen is gone. It's like, okay, well, you know, we have, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, but I'm still the number three guy. And then Kyle Van Noy comes in. Right now, you're kind of shuffling around to number four, depending on what Kyle Van Noy's role is going to be, and we'll get into that coming up after this. Spoiler alert, it's a secret. But when he was asked about Chris Rump, this is what he had to say. This is what I thought was the interesting part. He said, Chris has really approached this offseason in a great mindset. He's obviously put on some weight. We asked him to put on the weight, and he looks really good. We know that was going to be a process when he got here. But him growing into his body, spending more time in the weight room, he's been doing everything that we've asked him to do. And I know that he's going to have a huge jump just by having those guys in the room ahead of him, giving him some nuggets here. And that would be an X factor for this Chargers defense, David. If you not only have those three top guys that I mentioned with Bosa, but also have a guy like Chris Rump taking a leap in year two. Well, I think for Chris Rump, we all knew that this was a guy that had to add weight. I mean, he had to add some size, some bulk to his frame. Well, for we him, knew there was exciting parts, right? It was always, yeah. yeah, but like, hey, yeah, he can rush the passer and he's super slippery, yes. but he's a toothpick. <laughs> right, know? exactly. We want a guy that if we need him to go out there and defend against the run, we, we need him to have enough mass to be able to do that. Hold and the unfortunately, point of attack, the edge. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, last year, he, he just wasn't that type of player. And and they said they knew that. You know, They knew it was going to take some time before they really got the type of frame that they were looking for because he does have tools that he brings to the table. He does have that slipperiness. He does, does have that, that speed that you're looking for to come around. He can really turn the edge. I mean, he, he's one of the few guys – that, you know, that, that can do that. So, I mean, I like that, um, you know, he's added some good weight. I can't wait to see it. And I hope that, you know, he really comes motivated because I mean, there's some really fantastic pass rushers in front of him and he can really learn a lot and he really can add some pass rush moves to his repertoire. If he's able to do that and he adds some good weight, I mean, he could turn into a good contributor for the chargers. 
Yeah, and that's I think would be a huge win for a guy who's a fourth round pick. For a guy I think who showed some flashes and made some big strides on special teams last year. Yeah. To have that guy be your fourth edge rusher, right? And, and to be able to come along and still be able to get on the field and have an impact. Because even with all those other guys, I mean, Calvin is going to be playing some middle linebacker, you know, more than like when we talk about his role coming up after this. But you have another guy you feel good about. Yeah. It gives you more leverage in the Khalil Mack contract situation. It gives you more leverage on what to do with Kyle Van Noy coming up after this year, after his one-year deal expires, right? That would be a huge thing for the Chargers just in a long-term plan, right? Yeah. To go along with Joey Bosa if he could turn into a more consistent force there. But obviously, yes, two guys ahead of him that hopefully will help him get to the level that he needs to get to to be a big part of this Chargers defense. If not now, then later on down the road. But I do want to talk about one other guy that got to speak, and that was Donald Parham. And I, I can't tell you the feelings I had just watching him up at the press conference, right? Because the last time I had really seen him was his horrific injury. It was so cool to see him up there and, yeah. and to listen to him talk about how real that was, you know, and just as, as a big life moment for him. But we're also talking about Kyle Van Noy, too. Another dude who's already one of my favorites. I mean, gets up on the microphone, really loved his energy. I've seen him on Pat McAfee show and stuff like that, but... He's a fun guy at the microphone, too. So we'll talk about what he thought about Brandon Staley and how he's kind of getting into everything. But when you look at these additions and you're looking at guys like Asante Samuel Jr., Chris Rump, you know, and, and JT Woods, you're building it the right way. You know, you're building for the future. You're building a more complete def defense. And like now it's pretty much built. You have to kind of see where it all fits in. But the defense itself is built. But you know what I'm built for, David? Built Bars. My favorite protein bar on the planet. He was waiting for it. And I'm here to tell you guys right now, about my new favorite flavor, and I'm talking caramel brownie. I mean, there's just <laughs> not too many things better in the world than those two things separately and especially together. You're talking about caramel. You're talking about a brownie. It doesn't get much better than that, but I can tell you why it does get much better than that, David, because it's so much better for you than the candy bar you would have to get in order to get those flavors put together because with Built Bar, you're getting something that has most bars, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories or less in less than four grams of net sugar and four grams of net carbs. And you're getting something that has the flavor of caramel brownie. That has been my new favorite flavor, but I always have my OG flavors like the cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, peanut butter and brownie are both two very good things as well. And you can even go to the built granola bars, which are one of my new favorite things, or even go to the built puffs and get flavors like cinnamon churro. You just shouldn't be able to have things with those flavors on your diet. So find something that's going to break up the monotony of your diet. Get something that tastes good. Get something that tastes like a candy bar and stop all the waxy, chalky protein bars that you've had in the past and save some money on it. Because if you listen to this show, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com to get 15% off. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, David, well, we have a couple of other guys who stepped up to the podium and got to speak after the Chargers OTAs. And we start with the one that I'm most excited to talk about, and it's Donald Parham. <laughs> Chicken Parham up on the microphone. So cool, David, first of all, just to see this dude back out there, right? Amen. And even better just to know, hey, he's he's 100%. He was cleared yes. in March for full activity, and he's out there right now back and better than ever, right, going through the process with all the guys so happy to see him after everything that he went through back out there on the field and back up there smiling at the podium. That's really the most important thing. I mean, f we all love football, but football is a game. I mean, th yep. th this is such an infinitesimal small thing in the grand scheme of life. And the fact that he's 100% healthy and he's feeling good and he's in good spirits and he's smiling again, that is so important. And you got to love it. 
he clearly, and he, I mean, he even got real. He said, Hey, there was a moment in time where I had to evaluate if I still wanted to do this, if I still wanted to play football, if I still had that love for the game. And he ultimately decided that he did and that he loves his teammates and he loves being with this family that he called, you know, the chargers organization. So it's great that he's back out there in good spirits. And I, for one, can't wait to see him out there in an already super loaded chargers offense. Yeah. And like I said before, I mean, I, there's not many I'm rooting for more right now, David. And, and, and yeah, I mean, for him to say that he was awake the entire time too, uh, you know, after that scary injury until he got on the ambulance, like the fact that he was, you know, couldn't move and just had to kind of be aware of everything that was like, happening. Terrifying. Like, so crazy. Right. And it's such a humanizing moment, I think yeah. for him, you know, and just can like can at least put you in the shoes of well, how scary something like that must be. But like that, in some kind of messed up way, it makes it so much better to see him out there now, right? To go through those tribulations and to get back on the field and to want to keep doing it and to talk yeah. with his family, you know? And he said, as soon as it happened, he's like, will I ever play again? Yeah. You know? And, and now he's back here for the next season, primed to be a part of one of the league's best offenses, probably, you know? So yeah. super happy for him. I do think, like I've talked about on previous shows, you know, they are missing somewhat of a red zone threat with Jared Cook now gone. I think he's the guy that could fully step in and take that mantle, especially being, you know, six foot eight and, and having a lot of the skills that he has. And also said, you know, he's been working on his lower body and trying to become. A yeah. More I like, I like that. Tiny. I like hearing that man. Cause I mean, if he can turn into a better, a little bit better of a blocker, then I think it, it really adds some dis dimension to his game. And, and you don't really automatically think that he's going to be a pass catcher immediately. When it gets I mean, him on the field more, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just, I just, I, he adds to his game. I, I like that. Yeah, it gets him more snaps because it's like if you can't do one of those two things, I mean, it's going to at least limit how often you can be on the field, especially when you have a guy like Gerald Everett who's a, you know, a sufficient blocker and a guy like Trey McKitty who can He's plow people. You know, yeah, yeah, I mean, that dude was moving people out of the way by the end of last year. Yes. But let's get to the new addition in Kyle Van Noy. We won't get to get to Morgan Fox, but I think they kind of have the same vibe of what they, you know, they've liked so far since being a part of the Chargers. So first of all, just on getting installed you know, or on what he knew about Brandon Staley before he got here, because Brandon Staley word travels quickly, you know, and he said a lot of things in the past, but he said that when he was, he's watched Staley a lot just defensively because he's been in three, four defenses. So he said that Brandon Staley has stolen some of their stuff from teams he's been on and vice versa. But this is what I liked what he had to say. He said, I've been a fan of him for a while, just defensive mentality. He's a good person too. What you see is what you get. It's refreshing to have a young coach with this mindset to lead a team to be around him and truly feed off that and have a gr group of guys feeding off his energy and his juice every day, coming out to practice, working really hard, just like the coaches do. And the just like the coaches do, David, stood out to me because that yeah. is something that Brandon Staley told us in one of his first ever press conferences before he had even coached a game. He said, I want to have my coaches show up here. And when they show these teams the game plan, like these dudes are going to be blown away with how hard that coach is working for them. The yeah. coaches are going to ask these players to work as hard as possible. And now they're showing them and the players are telling you it's a lot easier to do that when you see the coaches are also putting in the work. Well, it just, it just goes to, it just adds to his credibility. It just adds to Brandon Staley's credibility as a coach and as a man, because 
I mean, it's one thing to speak about your own integrity and and the man that you are, but it's sure. another thing entirely for everyone around you and everyone that you ask to echo the same sentiments. Well, and David, it's easy things. to say it when you first start, right? And then yeah. to follow through with it because everyone has all the, they say all the right things at their first sure. opening press conferences. It's another thing when you're, you're seeing it actually play out in reality. Well, it's just the amount of different people that have co-signed the things that we have heard over and over and over. It just brings an air of legitimacy and just, you know, realness totally. to Brandon Staley. It just you really you just trust and believe genuine, in this yeah. man. He's very genuine because every single person uh, that you hear that you talk to say the same things about Brandon Staley and that just makes you really connect with the coach and that's why he connects and gets that buy-in from his players so quickly. And he gets the buy-in from me, right? I mean, the dude obviously didn't make the playoffs in his first season, but, like, I was bought in after the first press conference. I still trust him. No, for sure. I do, too. I mean, I'm a bigger fan even after the Chargers didn't make the the playoffs of Brandon Staley and who he is as a coach because it's also easy to say, hey, we're going to be more aggressive this year, and then to go out and be as aggressive as the Chargers were, right, and and actually doing it in big moments that designed your season, like – the amount of balls it takes for your coach to do that, especially in year one, is insane. But it's just like the players love him, right? He, he gets up there and he says stuff at the microphone. He's super yeah. transparent. He just seems like a genuine good dude and could probably name the significant other and any children on any of the Chargers players or staff or front office members. Like he's yeah. just that kind of good, wholesome dude. And he's also a freak about football. Like he, he is a true football dude as well which is just you don't usually get those combinations put together but when you another great thing that Kyle Noy said he was talking about the defense and we know last year one of the things we heard after the fact was that the Chargers struggled to get up to speed defensively when trying to learn Brandon Staley's scheme and when he asked about it he said as I've gotten older I've gotten better going through the defense and studying putting things together I think there's always a learning curve no matter what but I feel like I've done a good job I hope to master it by the end of the summer before we put the pads on so you can do less thinking and more just worry about hitting and winning. That's I really just wanted to say hitting and winning because that's such a football <laughs> guy thing to say, and I love yes. that. Uh, unquantifiable, but I just love it, the fire in the eyes. But like the other part of that, David, that stood out to me was just that is the other benefit of the guys returning to Brandon Staley's defense because even the guys that were directly – Taught by Brandon Staley, he was only a defense coordinator for one year, and he had yeah. different amount of time in different stops at Denver and Chicago. But like, even the guys that are his returning players didn't spend a ton of time with him, right? So no. the one thing those guys get, David, and the one thing guys like Joey Bosa get, Derwin James, Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil, Nas, they get to worry less about learning everything and more worry about their instincts, freely flowing to the football, right, and thinking less and playing football more. I mean, the name of my new movie, by the way, is definitely going to be hitting and winning coming out to <laughs> all theaters here in the summertime. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, I, I love that. I mean, sure. I think you you have a, a great confidence in Kyle Van Noy's ability to pick up the defense because he was in three, four defenses before. And this is a championship level player. I mean, he's been in the league a long time. He's a veteran. I think he knows how to study. He knows how to pick up this defense. He's surrounded by people at every level of the defense that have been in the defense for a year now or have had previous experience in the defense. So I think he's going to have a lot of different people in his corner to help get him up to speed. But yeah, I mean, he's such a fantastic player because of how versatile he is and what he brings to the table. I don't have any doubt that he's going to be able to master this defense and he's going to be teaching people that have been here already before long. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
how can he even teach anyone his role? Because the role is a secret, right? And that exactly. was the other thing we didn't get to talk about. He was asked <laughs> yeah. about what his role was. He said, it's a secret. I can't divulge everything that we're doing back here. I think they have a really good plan. And obviously, they sold him on the vision, right? I yeah. mean, that's the only reason he's here. I mean, especially coming into somewhere where I don't know if he was guaranteed a starting spot because I don't even know which spot he's going to play the most, right? Yeah. I do remember him in his opening press conference talking about, you know, I feel like what I do best is rush the passer, and I feel like I'll get to do that more here. I think that obviously played a factor in it, and obviously getting sacks plays a big factor in what your paycheck looks like. So I'm sure he'd love to do that. <laughs> but that is, I mean, exciting and scary for other teams to know, like, we don't even know where this dude's going to be. But at some point, this dude who's a qualified, proven championship playmaking player is going to be out there roaming around somewhere. And you better watch out because he could pick you off. He could strip you. He could get a tackle for loss in the backfield to blow up a screenplay. That's just what Kyle Van Noy does. The dude just makes plays. And he doesn't have to be the focal point of this defense. He truly can just be that player who can roam around put him where you find the mismatch and just help your defense in that way. Cause you don't really need him, no. which makes him a great luxury to have on your defense. But it makes you feel so much better about not one, but two different positions. I mean, you were real thin at edge rusher. I mean, no offense to Chris Rumpf, but you even have a with guy Chris Rumpf, you were thin right. now, you know, Yeah, but now you got a guy that went out there and has gotten sack production. And then, you know, your middle linebacker room, I think that's probably the room you look at right now. And you, before the move, you, you felt, <laughs> felt the worst about, and then the right he steps in and I'm you're like, sure. okay, man, I instantly feel better now that Kyle Van Noy is on this team. Uh, that's rare to have a player that can make you real, actually feel comfortable that he's adding quality depth at two different positions. That is why this Kyle Van Noy move is very, very, very valuable. And potentially the most underrated signing of the Chargers offseason. I think it's either him probably or Bryce Callahan, just because I know at the top level, Bryce Callahan is, you know, a borderline Pro Bowl level type of a player yeah. when he's healthy. But like that's kind of, you know, what solidified this offseason to me was the Chargers filling in the cracks in those ways, Cheerio going top. and getting a Morgan Fox or a Bryce Callahan, right? Or in this sense, Kyle Van Noy. So, like, I, I do love this signing by the Chargers, and he was brought up by, you know, Ronaldo Hill just by being a guy that they can use and making them more multiple and having him and guys like Derwin James who are cross-trained at different positions that you can put out there. It's only going to help you. And it, Ronaldo Hill also basically said, you can't have too many toys defensively. You will find a way to make it work. These are very good problems to have. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Thank you guys for checking in on us again. And as always, make sure you guys are following us on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from, so you never miss the show and rate and review. You can look at David's Austin Eckler t-shirt podcast audience. I'm sorry. It says, be the best to you, just so you know. But you guys can get that from Austin Eckler's foundation. But also make sure you guys are subscribing on our Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. Over 3,000 subscribers on there now. We super appreciate you guys and supporting us on there and looking at our faces by choice. That, that's a thing to do. You know, that's one way to do it. But we really, really appreciate you guys. And to make sure you never miss the show, you can also follow us on all of our social media as well, at LockedOnLAC on Twitter, which we will be getting to on Friday on our Fan Mail Friday show as well. That's the plan as of right now for this week. If something else comes out, we will get to that on tomorrow's show. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow if something happens. But if not, it'll be Fan Mail Friday. So you can hit us up at LockedOnLAC. We'll put a post out. You can hit us up on our Instagram page at Locked On Chargers. You can even hit us up on Facebook on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. You can also do it in the YouTube comments or wherever you can find a spot to find us. Even on my Twitter at Dan Talk Sports or David Drogmeyer's Twitter, you can just DM, DM him at any time 
His DMs are always open. No time limit. You can DM him at 3 o'clock in the morning. He never minds any of those things. You guys can find us there and give us your fan mail Friday questions or call into the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924. But we're going to continue bringing you guys content throughout the entire offseason. We are three days a week right now. We're going to try to keep it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But we always want to bring you guys the latest and greatest Chargers content. But we'll be back with you guys on Friday with Fan Mail Friday. Until then, take it easy. Go Bolts.